0: of Time, Chapter 22, The Council They were already assembled when I stepped through the doors, paused a moment to gather my wits and whisper a prayer, and then walked down the runner to the front of the room. As I arrived, I felt all the eyes of the council upon me. There in the chair, facing the council, was the queen. She was perched sideways on the chair, one leg folded over the other, watching my approach with the smallest hint of a smile on her lips. She looked absolutely stunning this morning. She wore a red dress and lipstick to match. Her eyes radiated from below, long lashes. Her dark hair flowed freely on either side of her porcelain face, framing it like a beautiful painting. I reached the front of the grand room facing the council. Unsure how to begin, or if they would say the first words, I decided to break the awkward silence with, Good morning! Some returned the greeting. A few others grunted. I was going to say something else which would probably just come out as rambling. Then I remembered Garmer's admonition to not speak until spoken to. I ended up just waiting there with my hands behind my back feeling miserable. I never was much for public speaking and the one class that I took in school never prepared me for something of this magnitude. The silence was broken by the creaking of wood. Tobias Vinn, leader of the council, was leaning forward and looking down at me his gnarled hands fixed like eagle's claws on his knees. His equally gnarled face, as craggy and age-worn as the bark on an ancient tree, expressed deep concern. The slouching perch reminded me of a gargoyle's. Here was a man burdened by the crushing weight of responsibility, one that he had dutifully shouldered over the course of many years. We have met this morning, very early, he said when the sun was still struggling to rise from its slumber. We believe that we have come to a wise and measured conclusion. He glanced over at some of the other members of the council. I saw Clevenger nod. Preparatory matters first, Tobias continued. He leaned back, the chair creaking again, and he folded one robed leg over the other. I will humbly concede to Her Majesty. Yes, well the queen said and cleared her throat. She seemed a little nervous, a little uncertain, and that made me feel the same way. She averted her eyes from both me and the council, staring instead at the wall across the room. Let me see. Where to start. Where to start. Her voice drifted off like a vapor. She steadied herself, squeezing her eyes tight, as if attempting to force a headache away. When she opened them again, her voice was steady, her eyes... Looking into mine, Abby, there is a great deal to consider when we authorize travel along the sacred cords. It's not something we take lightly, for so many people, worlds even, can and will feel the impact of such travels. Each time one steps from this world to the next, there are repercussions, ripples in the pond. I nodded. The butterfly effect. I didn't say this aloud because I would have had to explain myself if I had, so I put it in a different way. Actions have consequences, I said. But that is how life is in general. That is true, Clevenger said. But there are consequences that you know not of, and traveling along these cords could have a greater impact than you could imagine. Ripples in the pond, perhaps, but ripples made by a boulder dropped in the middle of that pond. Sometimes, those ripples are more like waves. The Queen continued, When you change the course of events that have already taken place, rewriting it if you will, then those changes can manifest in ways which are not just life-altering, but universe-altering. You are not talking about the impact on a handful of people's lives, but..." Whole worlds of people. I already knew this, of course. Anyone who had seen any kind of time travel movie had been well-versed in the problem. Uh, But maybe, I protested, those ripple effects will be positive, you know? Perhaps, the Queen agreed. Of course, we think about those possibilities carefully as well. But this brings us to the next matter perhaps the matter that is the most important to discuss. She looked toward Clevenger, who was ready to take his cue. I do not mean to speak down to you, young lady, he said, Uh, but please listen carefully to this next part, for it is difficult to digest. Okay. We have talked about the repercussions of our decisions. We have found through the work of the travelers that, Each time these cords are accessed through different portals, whether that be place or time, it creates a new rip in the garment of time and space, a hole that must be repaired. In other words, if you create an opening on the other side, that opening will exist until it's closed. This is what we believe happened in the cavern through which you traveled. There was an open hole. Who knows how many of these holes exist, Tobias Vinn muttered, but most of the travelers' work today is closing them, sealing them. We call them stitches, the queen interjected. I thought about that for a moment, imagining a seamstress with a needle and thread. There are two ways to stitch a hole, according to the travelers, Vinn continued. You can either close them physically, pull the cord, through from this side, or you could go back in time before the hole was created, an act which in itself ensures the hole is not created in the first place. The second way is more difficult, for you must pardon the pun, please, tie up all loose ends. I guess one way or the other that is the very thing you're doing when you stitch these holes. You are tying up the loose ends, either very literally or figuratively. Are you following us so far? The queen asked. I I believe so, I replied. If you go back in time, Tobias continued, then time itself will... Oh, what's the other world's word for it? Oh, yes. Recalibrate. Time itself will fix itself, protecting the world, and, by extension, I... Guess the universe, much like a scar, slowly heals a cut. Protecting one group endangers another, the queen said. Once the stitch is made and the recalibration begins, then those who are in the other world that don't belong there find themselves in imminent peril. And as such, they will fight to keep from being erased or forced to travel back to this realm. And so dangerous men became even more so, Clevenger offered. They especially present a threat toward those who try and stop them. So we have two fears which have made our predicament and your predicament, for that matter, very fragile. First, we are fearful that if you were to go back and rescue your father, the ripple effects would alter our world so significantly as to jeopardize the very existence of Solea. Second, We have the fear that sending you back, and we know you must go back. That is not in question. will put you in danger. We would like to send an army back with you, Tobias said with a smile. But their mere presence would risk even more damage, wouldn't it? Furthermore, the queen continued, her face looking pain now. We do not authorize changing the past merely because we find it unfavorable to do so would be both selfish and without a purposeful end. I certainly do not wish to be insensitive, but you are not the only one who has lost a father, a mother, or a child. To suffer a debilitating sickness, disease, or injury, to have an unfavorable past, how many spouses men and women who took a wayward marital path wish to have a second chance to rewrite the past? How many of those who have made a little decision that had unfortunate consequences they could never have imagined wish they could have averted those decisions? The Council would see no end to the line of the people demanding their fair share of erasing an unfortunate course of events. I understood. However, did not make things any easier. However, Tobias said, we must deal with the openings between worlds. Our kingdom and other kingdoms are at risk. We must close those holes between our worlds one way or another, perhaps permanently. His face held much regret, like one who had discovered the cure to some widespread deadly disease, only to see it exploited and ruined in the hands of the greedy. So, the queen said, straightening up, Here is our proposal, young Abby, we will send you and Troy back through, changing the course of time slightly so that you arrive prior to your father's death. You must close the holes on that side of the portal, thus sealing those evildoers in your world. Time, and not this council, will then be their judge. Without a way back to this world, they will be erased, as if they ceased to exist in the first place, as if they had never been born. Think of it as our gift to you, Tobias said. We need someone on that side of the cords, an earther, someone we can trust. And if the prophecies are correct, his voice trailed off, and then he waved a hand in the air as if brushing away a fly. You're the one. You, you can do this for us and save both our worlds. I gazed at the floor. The existence of worlds, of universes, was up to me. And I was just thinking of how I might be able to save my dad. You will have this one chance, Tobias said, before Troy comes back to Soleil and pulls that cord through one last time. Then, and... This is a decision that the council has been weighing for quite some time. Then we will destroy the chambers in Sticklat once and for all. But, I began, staring at the queen, even while I searched for the words I wanted to say. Can't we change? Change, Tobias interrupted. It must come by God in the course of his providence. Man must cease meddling in the affairs of God. This is what has cast us into this worrisome situation in the first place. We cannot change what he has ordained. If we were to do so, his words trailed off. Then he took a deep breath, seemed to center himself again. Child, there is a prophecy. None of us could have predicted how that prophecy came to pass, but it has. And you are the key to that. After careful consultation, the council and the queen herself have come to the conclusion that we believe you are the promised one, the one that will deliver us from an evil future. God has given us one chance to change the outcome, one conditional promise. That chance, dear Abby is you. I nodded, glancing at Troy. He was looking at the floor's floor lips pressed together, hands clasped behind his back. Perhaps he was thinking the same thing I was, that our journey together was coming to a close, that one day we would be separated by a gulf that could not be crossed. I felt emotions welling up inside me and I fought hard to keep from crying. After regaining my composure, I lifted my chin and looked at Tobias. Okay, I'm ready to do this. Good child, the queen said, offering a soft smile. Then we will summon the queen's guard to return you to the cave. Threads of Time, this serial novel here on Thrillercast. I encourage you and hope that you'll check out my first published novel, The Birthday Girl. It is a cat and mouse psychological thriller. You can purchase it on Amazon.com, either in ebook or print edition. Check it out today, and thank you so much for tuning in to Thrillercast!